So, hello, welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon, where us four, two with cameras, two without this week, get together to talk about some Destiny lore. Uh, this week we are talking about the new lore book, Constellations. This is a great one. I mean, they're all great. I always say that every week. This is a great one. This is a great one. They're all mm-hmm. my favorite. This one, though, kind of shows us another thing that we've never really seen before, so it has me really excited. Yeah. I think it's one of the, I think it's interesting, you know, uh, I'm sure anybody who's familiar with, like, well, I guess most people watching will be familiar with it, but it is uh, related to the story of, and the history of the, the, the speaker. And um, I just think it's really, I, I was surprised to get this because, you know, we we haven't, I know that there is a relationship between Saint 14 and the, the speaker, mm-hmm. but... I, I I guess I was I wasn't I wasn't really expecting anything uh, along these lines in in the release, you know. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel directly connected to Saint Fourteen in any way. It just feels kind of no. like a Kraken Kraken Mar Kraken Mare, um, mm. where it's like let's also put this in. Yeah, I think it was in. Yeah, um, and was it in Pigeon and Phoenix that kind of explains the relationship between the speaker and Saint a little better? Yeah. Where it's it's like that one goes deeper with the speaker and Osiris and Saint fourteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because obviously, like you know, we we've had that previous entry where Shax and and Kate are talking like just after our guardian player is revived in old Russia, and Kate's like. Saint fourteen was weird talking about some savior, blah 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 blah, and maybe we'll call him Crota's end. And obviously, it is us that Saint fourteen predicted would come, and it was us that he was going to watch. But he he makes a jab at Saint, saying how like he called the speaker father, and until this point, we thought only Saint fourteen had done that. But apparently, there was like kind of a group of people who were like, "No, we're all brothers. He's our father. He's our leader, and brothers ancestors, as as it would be." And uh, so it was a little less of a Saint Fourteen's weird, and more like yeah, they just have a a group who is very close, and they consider each other brothers, sisters, and a father figure. It was a little less weird. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it, I think it, it's just the <laughs> when that was introduced, it was it was kind of like jarring because we didn't have any context. It would have been really good to get some of that context first. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of that's kind of normal by Destiny standards, really. You know, like um, give people the context afterwards. Yeah. And and in some in some cases, that's that's cool. I just think that it ended up people were really focused on the whole father thing when actually, if 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 we'd had more information, maybe we could have right. focused on some of the other stuff that might have been more valuable. Mm-hmm. This helps put that debate to bed, though, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it was an exo. There shouldn't have been a debate in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't know that the speaker wasn't an exo. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I don't know if exo. I, I don't. I look. We've all seen so the movie robots. Them. We know how robot babies are made. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I never thought like I, this is the first time I've heard about that theory of there actually being. A correlation between the two. I always just assumed that father was a spiritual term, right? Like, yeah, it is a very like Catholic. 
it was yeah, like term that's just been through all of history it's like when he says father he's just talking about the spiritual leader of the guardians and it's it's like so you're telling me the guy named saint is calling the <laughs> priest figure father yeah. right. and you think they're related uh-huh <laughs> it was like kind of I don't understand that logical leap. I mean people I make dumb theories every damn day. So I'm not I'm not actually going to judge people for making a theory that I'm going to laugh at because I know other people are going to laugh at my theories, but it's just like <laughs> I just have to laugh at it. <laughs> it's a little too much. Like I would understand it being like a random like well maybe like that's one theory, but like for it to be like a leading theory where it's mm. like no, nah, I'm pretty sure this is it. Like no. Like that doesn't really make sense. It definitely wasn't that. That that's for sure. It wasn't a leading theory. But um, I don't even know if it was uh, so much a, a theory as just people were like, I, I guess people, some people just jumped to odd conclusions. You yeah. Know? I think uh, it's hard. It's sometimes it's hard. You know when, when people, they have such a narrow focus on on a certain part of the lore because they've read something that that really engaged them into the destiny universe and then so they don't have a grand uh you know they don't have an aerial scope of everything else that goes with it as an accessory so it's hard to hard to say well you know this goes in line with this if you haven't ever experienced the whole thing they just they found that one thing and then they arrived at it as being a literal statement because they didn't know the the whole focus i mean it happens all the time mm. you know people think that um you know aldrin was like a, a a literal twin of mara or you know people there's all kinds of little accessory theories i think uh on. i think one of the issues that made this like such a possible or popular theory even if it wasn't very popular was that we've kind of had this air of mystery around the speaker from the beginning of destiny where like even in one of the earliest cards the city age there's this line legends walk through history the iron lord saint 14's crusade against the fallen the mask of the speaker and like i remember the early days of the forums people were like oh what's the mask of the speaker like what is this whole thing and like what does it mean and like stuff like that and everyone's like he's the speaker he has this mask because he has to be anonymous who is he underneath etc like is he even human is he a guardian he has a ghost near him generally that means guardian i mean constellation kind of debunks all of the old theories that this single yeah. five words made people think yeah 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 it's really it's really interesting um that like, like i said i'm i was really surprised that they came back and, and addressed this I mean, I, not surprised is the wrong word, because you know, um, one of the things that that we've seen over the past kind of year or so is how Bungie have come back and have started kind of answering, you know, looking at some of the questions that they raised and answering those questions or giving us more information about those questions. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly a surprise that they came back and did this, but it is kind of interesting. You know, I I, I almost kind of felt like that we'd learned almost as much as we would learn about the speaker so it was uh it's really it's really cool that we get more stuff also i mean with with destiny 2 the red war campaign we watched the speaker die his mask i think was his mask like taken off of his face but we don't see his face yeah right yeah that was like it kind of it was like punched like not taken from his face mm -hmm. but it was fallen from his face like he, he was like died. choked out or something and it just fell off i think that's what happened yeah 
Like, I'm not trying to make a joke. I think it was legitimately just like picked up by Gaul and like I'm gonna kill you, and then he just died. It was the console, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, that that is right. That is right. Cause um, Gaul was questioning him and wanted to understand more about the speaker's relationship with the traveler, and yeah. the console kind of felt like who cares? You know, yeah, this guy is just messing you around, and like you have a job to do, so maybe just get on with it. Yeah. Talk about a debate. Yeah. I remember before Destiny 2, and sorry to get off topic, I remember when Destiny 2 was, hasn't come out yet. There was a, uh, I think it was Game Informer or IGN, whoever they were partnered with, there was an article that said that the end boss of Destiny 2 was a shapeshifter. And this was like even before we had known Ahamkaras like in the game and everything, but I was, I was always on that bandwagon of Ahamkaras or shapeshifters, and I'm like... The console's a shapeshifter. That's how he was like, the light should be yours to the Cabal who have never had the light before. And Gaul's like, I don't know what that is, but yes, I agree. Like, that was the only way it made sense to me for Gaul to have this, like, vendetta of getting the light for himself. Hmm. But, I mean, I guess shape changer meant sometimes he's purple. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not, not, I wouldn't describe that as shape shifting. No, it's like it's like color shifting. Yeah, no. or like an, an array of different powers. Yeah, he switches. He switches subclass. He's switching oh, guns. <laughs> Shapeshifter. <laughs> All right. Transformers roll out. But so after the speaker died, we we get the new tower. Um, like after the Red War campaign, we get the new tower, and we we is it in the bazaar or is it before the bazaar? Like that little uh, balcony area, I think it is. Yeah. The the ghost scan. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's the or, ghost. Yeah. There's the a ghost you scan that's on, or just the one that talks about the speaker's room. Yeah, it's like this is where the speaker's room will be. I wonder if we'll have a new speaker. He wasn't the first, etc. Like stuff like that. Until then, we were like, he was the one and only speaker. He was always there. The end. We're like, he wasn't the first. What? (laughs) Like, how many were there? Yeah. And I feel like it's it's important when reading this book to understand because you are gonna see that there is proof of other speakers, but is. Is it to say that there was only ever one speaker for this city and there are other speakers in history that are now dead? Or were there multiple speakers who have kind of risen through the ranks of the city? See, I always thought that the speaker's mask was some sort of a, like almost had some sort of a a antenna property, you know, that little direct conduit to the Mm -hmm. traveler, but not really, you know, as, as, uh, as it kind of points to which we'll read a little bit, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I always felt like the speaker's mask was just traveling, um, from one speaker to the next. Yeah. It was kind of like, kind of like the ghost shells or kind of like how the ghosts, uh, work in game, uh, and that would make sense. It would be like, you would never know if it was a new speaker or not. Like, you know, here's this guy, he just wears a mask. Unless one day it's like, speaker, why are you two feet taller today? He's like, I got stilts. <laughs> like, it's, this, this is me now. I'm a shapeshifter. Yeah, I'm a shapeshifter. <laughs> well, why is your voice different? Uh... I'm a shapeshifter. Duh. Vertigo and Ghost Rider both said, you know, like a crown or a, or a badge of office. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good way of thinking of it. Like that that hand thing in Game of Thrones. Yeah, you know that's funny that 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 <clears throat> I said that because I was looking at some old concept art um, yesterday, and I was thinking about how a lot of things get scrapped and, and ideas get changed, and um, some of the concept art, if you looked at it in a certain way. <laughs> People with ghosts in the um, golden age <laughs> walking around with uh, like material or shells that look very similar to the traveler almost could have been a it could have been like a, a lore splanation <laughs> for some of the things <laughs> that happen. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like it, it, there was a lot of Clovis Bray art that I was looking through. I can't remember exactly where it was from, but anyway, so it was just one of those rabbit holes. Clovis Bray is actually a good uh, segue into the first entry of Constellations. We should probably get to that. Um, So in Constellations, we are seeing, I think it's speakers. Originally when I read this, I thought it was our speaker, the speaker, the end. And Baxter, I think, had an opposition. We were talking in um, DMs about it, right? Is that you? I think so, yeah. yeah. I I definitely discussed it with someone, so... (laughs) I talked to so many people, man. I, I can't keep track. Yeah. But so basically the speakers, they have a dream. It, it doesn't need to be when they're sleeping. They describe it as uh, a veil drops in front of my eyes and I see strange moving images. I am someone else or I am myself reimagined. I can't stay in the dreams. Oh, that's odd. They put a period there. I can't stay in the dreams. I shape planets with my own hands. Oh, I can't stay in the dreams of shape planets. That makes much more sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just caught up with where you were reading. And um, so basically all at once people are like, oh my God, what is this? I'm seeing visions now that the the traveler is here. It's doing things. And so one person who is a speaker goes to a place called the Braywell and the clinicians, clinicians? Yeah. The clinician is at clinicians at Braywell call it interplanetary relocation maladjustment psychosis. A psychobabble catch-all term for mental disturbances that can't that they can't explain. But what's interesting about that, to me at least, is that Clovis Bray, like early days, golden age, Clovis Bray was already like an established company, you know, on some level. And it's like, wow, that that really makes sense to me because it's like to be like such a a company pulling the strings of the golden age, like they had to have been there at the start they had to have been established they couldn't have just been like there's a traveler let's start a company and maybe something will work out like yeah. that's not how it would work right it was like they were repurposed mm. tech well i mean it's not I, I guess just if you're imagine right now um the traveler arrives okay yeah there are going to be certain companies that have a head start like if you look at like amazon you know, yeah amazon <laughs> Um, if you look at like Elon Musk with like Tesla and um, <laughs> SpaceX, they're in a like like there are certain people who are in a much better position right now to capitalize. capitalize yeah. yeah, on the arrival some, of some. I want to see some Titan art with the big Amazon smile on the chest plate, and then like, <laughs> and then like a Cybertruck backpack. Oh my God, a Cybertruck the... Sparrow though. That'd be awesome. <laughs> the clinicians at Muskwell. Ew. 
didn't it didn't sound wrong in my head but when i said it out loud i was like oh that's <laughs> that's a gross term <laughs> but so when the veil is it would you call so the so in the in the entry there's like the two like lines and then on both sides and that's when the traveler is kind of speaking in the entries would you say that is a veil dropped over their eyes or is that the traveler just kind of imposing on the story hmm. i think it's kind of it's kind of both right hmm. i mean it's I, I i i kind of interpret it as being you know like this this person this first speaker or however we want to refer to um says a veil drops in front of my eyes and i i, I can see you know sorry I, I meant to read the other sentence the dreams can happen at any time i almost feel like this is the traveler kind of cutting in and it's mm -hmm. what the person's dreaming of oh okay yeah you know hmm. maybe not i don't know i thought of it as like i don't know why but i thought of it as like this big bubble of conversation going on at always and then somehow the speaker was just tuned into it and mm. almost like he he became in it was almost like a harmonic attenuation <clears throat> where he was just able to tap into the to the the conversation bubble that the traveler's been having constantly mm. that's almost what mm. it felt like so I, I actually have to agree with, with Baxter there, because if you read it, like this this line right here, a screen behind me plays looping, blurry footage of the Traveler terraforming Venus, which I want to talk about that. The images yeah. radiate with pale light. We've watched this footage many times. And then in the lines, I glide through space as through water, tugged in nine directions by nine impulses. Oh, yeah, I also want to talk about that. There's so much in this that I want to talk yeah. about. This The first entry is just like an explosion of information just like little seeds that they're just like throwing in at us and it's insane um so it does kind of feel like he's watching this video and then the traveler is imposing like i glide through space as through water tugged in nine directions by nine impulses kind of explaining what happens in the video almost maybe or maybe what's happening to the traveler right now hmm in front of the crowd, I sway a little, a copse of trees bending in a dream wind. I can't help it. I'm dreaming more often than not in the lines. There is whispering from the deep, dark, alluring, and terrifying. A reminder of things left behind, bittersweet and abhorrent. Another thing we need to stop on and talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, yep. so then a crackle of static on the screen behind me brings me back to Earth resettling my feet firmly on the ground these people have come here for my insights i lean forward and speak to the crowd four tenants aching with truth the traveler is a force of benevolence the traveler is a sentient being with free will dreams hopes and fears the traveler will save us and the traveler will leave us hmm. so it's almost like he yeah. was like it was almost like he was portrayed as a, a semi -mo um Moses on the mountaintop. <laughs> yeah, like, I bring these. Yeah. The eight commands. drops one. Yeah, eight. The four tenants. <laughs> but but I mean, and it, it's true. But at the same time, as we go into some of the later entries, there are other people who 
seem to have the... I can't remember where I read that now, but there are other people that seem to have the same abilities. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, later on, when we get the person who becomes, at the very least, the first speaker of The Last City, they say, you are the only one left. Yeah. Like, it confirms there were others at one point, but at this Mm -hmm. point in time now, you are it. Yeah, and throughout the whole book, it does talk about how before the collapse, there was a lot more speakers, mm-hmm. and after the collapse, they seemed to fade away. Yeah. So it's, yeah. which I mean, makes sense with the traveler going I, silent. I wonder if whatever came in the collapse looked for the speakers. Like if they mm-hmm. were targets. Yeah, maybe. That would be interesting. I don't think so. I think it was just there wasn't that connection. Because the last speaker, the cards talk about how they learned from the previous speaker, mm-hmm. but then they had to build the mask to talk to the traveler. Because mm. yeah. after the collapse, the speakers no, no longer heard dreams. Yeah. So I think it wasn't that they were targeted; it's just that the traveler was had grown silent. But I think like could, could it not talk to them the same way? Could it be both though? Like, why are there no speakers left? Like, I would imagine there'd be a handful, depending on how many there were to begin with. Of course, like if there's only six to begin with, I understand why there's only yeah. one left. I'm surprised there's only one left. But if there was like yeah, a I couple guess. hundred, it sounds like maybe yeah. they had an X on their back. Well, it's I think it's but even like, if. Maybe, Maybe it was just like the guy with the radio, you know, they wanted to take him out. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Break the communication that we had. So like, I know, because how much we... time has gone by? Like, all of those people have probably died. Like, the last driver, or the last speaker is the last speaker because everyone else has passed. And if everyone stops having dreams after the collapse, I'm sure there's a lot. It's like, I'm not a speaker anymore. Like, I can't hear the traveler. Like, I don't think it was any force acting against the speakers. I think it was just they were cut off from their source. And after you're cut off, there's no point in continuing. So it's like, why keep going? But they but so they were the physically hell? not alive, is what I'm saying. Like, why did all of them c- cease to live? Because they were humans that have lifespans. and Three times as long. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we but first still, of all, they were how, many, how many humans do you think live in the last city? At least twelve. At least I've seen I've seen twelve, yeah. so I think it's probably more than that. No, I, I want to make say, a safe bet. Let's say okay. I mean, the population of like London is like twelve million or something. Say at crazy. least twelve. So, let's say <laughs> there are twelve million people living in the city in the last city. Uh-huh. How many people do you think lived at the height of the Golden Age? Too many. So there's there are currently like how many uh seven point seven billion people on earth. So I wonder if it, it could just be that it's like a percentages thing. Let's say at the height of the golden age there were maybe twenty billion people spread across the solar system. Mm-hmm. I mean maybe that's maybe that's too high, but but let's just let's just use it as a figure, right? Yeah. And let's say uh, amongst all of those twenty billion people there were only like 10 speakers it could be that now because the population has dropped so dramatically you know from like 20 billion down to like 20 million that's that's like a a, a, a thousand um like what do you call it it's a, at a thousand or one reduction yeah so that there's a thousand you know Obviously, let's say there were 10 speakers, divide that by 1,000, there are now like 0.001 speakers 
Like mm -hmm. in terms of, you, you know what I mean? The, the chance of somebody ha being born with the abilities that the speaker had are now so slim because there are so few people left. I know things don't really necessarily work that way, but maybe it is just a case of like, there are so few humans now that the the chance of somebody with those abilities being born is re significantly reduced. And that could make sense. It just depends on like what is actually causing the speaker. Like if it is like basically looking at it as a, like a genetic mutation, that makes perfect mm. sense because you have a le like smaller gene pool, so you have less things that can have that mutation. Where like the only other <laughs> argument would be like if the speakers are like Jedi, where it's the Force, where it's like it doesn't matter what population you have, the Force is always going to look to have the same amount, like have that balance, where you would still find them. But, yeah. And it could be something, it could be like kind of something in between, you know, it might be that when the traveler was awake, it, it was able to, you know, people were able to kind of, I don't know, tune into that, tune into those messages. Um, whereas now with the traveler being asleep for so long, maybe, maybe there are people who were born with the gift, but who just don't have the ability to develop it to a point where they can actually well, discern anything, you know? Trying not to jump ahead, the speaker in the book is searching for other people with the mm -hmm. headaches, migraines, hallucinations, whatever the, the symptoms of being a speaker are. Like, they were looking for someone. Yeah. There's also the question of how long people do live and how long things have been going on. Because <clears throat> it feels like in the book, when it gets to the last speaker, our speaker, it seems like he was there since the Iron Lord, which is a long time within Destiny history, but we don't know how actually long that is. And yeah. if he's been alive and he's not a guardian, then it's like, okay, is he living like 800 to over a thousand years, or has this only been a couple hundred years? Which then would mean like maybe all the speakers died in the collapse or they just because at some point they had to it seems like they all died yeah so it's like what caused that and how long have how long did they live that's what i'm died? saying like what if the the things that invaded actually sought them out and killed them and one yeah. slipped through like what if there was yeah. more than 10 what if there was hundreds or thousands and just they got decimated Mm-hmm. I, I think it's possible i mean you know it, if, if there was an invading force today, and there have been invading forces today, you know, like with the, with the Cabal, they would target Guardians first because yeah. Guardians are the Guardians are the. They threat. went for the speaker. They yeah. specifically were like, "Let's get this guy and take him on mm -hmm. the ship." Yeah, I blame Clovis. <laughs> I yeah, I still blame Clovis. He's he's clearly the root of everything that ever goes wrong <laughs> in this game. Um, for real. But so, he just killed the speakers, like so. He, he saw people who could talk to the traveler, and like, no, nah, I can't have that. Like, <laughs> he, just, yeah. he killed them. He's like, why can't I talk to the traveler? I'm awesome. <laughs> I do totally think that Clovis would be jealous. Like, it, well, I mean, you would experiment on them if if oh. there was proof that there was a connection between them. I don't think he, you know, he, he maybe not him personally, but his organization was willing to do a lot of things for. You know, it. You know, they used the 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 betterment of mankind as an excuse, really. But yeah. So in this first century, 
there is a line where the traveler says, uh, there is whispering from the deep dark, alluring and terrifying, a reminder of things left behind, bittersweet and abhorrent. So, I remember years ago, I had the theory that the moon was actually a war moon of the hive, and that it was like mm-hmm. this filled with hive inside, and that's how they attacked when they did. And uh, it was shot down because why would the traveler come here if there is a moon filled with hive? <laughs> and yet there is a moon filled with a pyramid, and the traveler came here. Do you think the traveler knows? Is this the traveler saying, like, yeah, I, I see the pyramid. I don't like it, but I see it. That sounds like it. Right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it's like the bittersweet kind of makes it seem... Because it'd be weird to have, like, anything seem bittersweet to the Traveler except for the darkness. Because it was like, oh, it was an old friend Mm -hmm. that is now, like, an enemy. So it's like that bittersweet. It's like, oh, there's a memento of my old friend who is also trying to kill me. Especially because every time the Traveler could, it tried to say, let's stop fighting. Let's just do our own thing. Stop seeking me out. And the darkness is like, ha! But at the same time, it could be like that. That line could be referring to the same thing without the traveler knowing that, that there's a pyramid on the. You know. But it is a deep dark, which is the alluring and terrifying. And I feel like after Shadow Keep, I feel like that's a pretty clear point towards the pyramid. Because deep dark well, has well, always been the dark, like the deep yeah. and the dark, and then alluring and terrifying. It's because it's like it is something that has been alluring and terrifying to both us, and it must be something that is the same to the traveler. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that that that's talking about something on the moon specifically. Nothing no, in there, nothing in that sentence is like, you know, there is whispering from the deep dark nearby or on the moon or. You know what I mean? Like, it, it could be just talking about the deep and the darkness whispering constantly, which which it is doing constantly. You know? All, all I'm saying is that, that the presence of this line, to me, doesn't prove that the Traveler knew the pyramid was on the moon and came anywhere. Or that the Traveler arrived and then discovered that the, the pyramid was on the moon. I think it, it, this line could still be valid and make sense even if the traveler didn't know there was anything on the moon. Do you know what I mean? I see your point. Yeah. I I would disagree just because I think it's weird to have a reminder of things left behind, bittersweet and abhorrent. It's like this kind of weird comment to think of anything that the traveler does not have a history with. So like what would the traveler say that about? About the whispering from the deep dark. But the whispering uh, is the darkness. Like we yeah. know that the whispers come from the darkness. Yeah, the whisper, the whispers coming from the darkness doesn't mean the whispers coming from the moon. That's the only. That's the only thing that that I would kind of. I, I I I guess you know. Right now we don't know whether the the traveler knew that there was something on the moon when it got here, and I don't think that this proves one way or another. You know, because the whispering, like, I don't know, we we can go anywhere in the solar yeah. system, and there's and there's whispering from the from the dark. Yeah, the only thing I'd say is like a reminder of things left behind could either mean the pyramid left behind in the moon, or it could just mean the darkness. 
which the, traveler, the winner of the traveler left behind yeah. and so that it is my... the reminders of what it has abandoned or left. yeah exactly mm-hmm. that that was that was kind of my uh, i mean i totally agree it could be that it's talking about the, the pyramid i just it's just when i read that line it didn't it didn't occur to me at all that it would be the pyramid but it still made sense to me yeah. I mean, for all yeah. we know, I mean, there's so much we don't know. I mean, for all we know, the pyramid ships could have been harvester ships and they were going around the entire universe just sucking up every remaining sentient life as a ways to store them almost as if it was some big galactic arc and that they were waiting to, you know, awash the entire universe in one big great, you know, deluge until they felt like peace was at at, at, at the darkness's disposal and then they could just repopulate uh, the universe. I mean, it could just be like that old that old sci-fi, you know, archetype, story archetype where hmm. <clears throat> like they've used it in other games, you know, how, how Bungie likes to, to play with these words and, and use things in other games that that almost seems like this dichotomy between the Traveler and, and the Darkness could almost... Uh, have to exist uh, indefinitely. Man, that, that's I mean, an that's an awesome concept totally for a game, though. Yeah. If there was just like a, a like a space RPG like this, where there's like two opposing god forces, and you think one god force wants to kill you, but it doesn't. It just wants to like suck up a portion of your population. So like at the end of the first game, you get sucked up, and it's like this is where you die and you lose. But it's like nope, you just get put into cryo, and then you go back onto the the planet when the dark the darkness wins, and it's like oh no, for the sequel. That'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a it's an it, it's a storyline that they that they continue to explore in Halo, which Bungie created. I feel like I have to put that out there sometimes because people think of Halo as uh, you know what it is now, but three, four, people three. don't re- remember what it was when it first started. Mm. And um, we didn't know who the forerunners were. We didn't know the Halo rings were for years i mean until halo 3 we had no idea that the entire halo ring worlds that we had been exploring and known about uh, were were actually just one giant weapon that was meant to wipe out all sentient life whoa spoilers (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's been been out for long enough I couldn't get past two because I didn't know anything. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> and I stopped you know, playing. That's funny because the first encounter with the flood, which is, uh, they're, they're like, you know, the, they're just, they were the plant guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're the plant zombies that share one big mind. Anyway. Uh, when, when I first encountered the flood, uh, I was like, what the heck is going on? You know, I had no idea. I just thought it was a, a space game where you're running around in some super soldier armor and you get to shoot some aliens that you don't know what they're doing, but you're just trying to survive. And then the flood show up and it's just like this whole other dynamic that really makes the whole game just like, Oh, now I get it because Mm -hmm. the flood were just this unpredictable enemy that, that wreaked havoc on the entire universe and they had to find a way to get rid of it. And so then we thought, well, the forerunners were these godlike people who were here before us that we knew nothing about. But then we found out the reason why everybody was was 
done and wiped over, you know, wiped, they wiped the slate clean and everybody died and only certain species were allowed to live and repopulate the universe is because of the flood. Huh. So, anyway. It's back to so the these... first entry of this book, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like the... the first entry had, does have the most to talk about. Yeah. And this one, the the one I want to bring up now is kind of, it's paired between the first and the second. Uh, I glide through space as if through water, tugged in nine directions by nine impulses. And then in the second entry, it it kind of continues the sentence that they were originally saying. So, mm-hmm. and I am stuck in a, in a web of black spider silk frozen in the mind-numbing silence of space. Do you think these nine impulses that are also possible, maybe also possibly able to grab the traveler in a black, a web of black spider silk? Do you, do you think this is but the you, nine? But do you th- no, I don't. I didn't think so. Did you think that was a continuation on from one of the first? I don't think it's continuation. I think it's two instances of the same force. Mm-hmm. But I thought so. So the second entry is all about the collapse. Yes. So, um, so the so let me let me let me say the whole the whole theory so you could you could debate it uh, mm-hmm. knowing it. So basically, humanity is born. The nine exist. Humanity grows. The nine become kind of sentient. There there metaphorically, there's a heart of a single member of the nine in each of the nine planets, and they are orbiting rings of dark matter. So very mm-hmm. fine dark matter, black spider silk, who when the traveler was terraforming was being pulled by impulses in nine different directions by the nine. And so for the nine to exist, humanity needs to survive. So the collapse would kill humanity, thus killing the nine and they wanted to survive. So could they have said the traveler is not leaving and just grabbed onto it and held it with black spider silk, dark matter uh, frozen in mind-numbing silence of space and said, you cannot leave. You need to stay here and fight the darkness so we can survive too. Yeah, yeah I think possibly. I mean, it's, it's possible, yeah. I think I that kind they of would presume... probably use whatever is at their disposal vis-a-vis, uh, you know, the humanity that was left in their technology. So maybe not directly because they didn't have any type of physical presence at, up until, you know, uh, they didn't maybe not at that moment mm-hmm. so maybe their influence or their manipulation of our uh, material world was the only way that they could grab onto that last thread to keep the traveler so what they had maybe they had some sort of a uh interplay mm-hmm. within within that is that think if, if it isn't the nine, then there's clearly an outside force holding the traveler down. I don't think there. Uh, well, well, maybe, but you know, you can be. Well, it's, yeah, it does say stuck. See, there's a line further down. Um, like don't. It's it's kind of like just just cut out. It feels like it's just cut out of a longer sentence. Yeah, um, that's what I said. They continue is, the sentences. Which which is don't want to abandon you. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though um, 
where is it? There's something. This so the 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 speaker is saying this hap this has happened before. I'd watched in my dreams the cities that alien cities torn down by a wind so fierce that it flattened an entire world. And then the speaker says, and it is not my sorry. The traveler says, and it is not my fault. Mm -hmm. And then the speaker says, but this is different. The traveler has not left us. Something new has arrived. And in interspersed in that half remember and wished forgotten this false sister mm -hmm. i watch on crackling video fields feeds as people try to escape the outer planets and in the middle of that it says i don't want to abandon you mm -hmm. exodus ships burn up with thousands upon thousands of soul souls aboard we gather in frightened huddled groups in relief outposts hoping against hope I know. I, I I guess it could it could be the nine. I kind of I kind of figured that the like I it doesn't I'm... it doesn't want to leave, but it, it yes. was also held down. It was also like mm. not allowed to leave. But you could say that you that you're stuck somewhere because you're stuck there out of out of a sense of responsibility, rather than actually being. Like, you know, I'm stuck in this situation doesn't mean I'm actually held into this thing by someone physically. Mm -hmm. right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it could go either way, though. I mean, I could feel whatever imposing uh, force that that presented itself upon the traveler at that time. I mean, the traveler was very much compelled to keep traveling, right? So he had to uh, terraform of whatever planets he engaged with when he was in our soul system. Uh, and then maybe he was off to the next whatever. But uh, so whatever event happened uh, could have been that rift that cut through time and space that held the traveler here while also creating the uh, the rift between uh, light and dark and the nine uh, nine's existence. Mm hmm. You know, because the Awoken, remember how they live on that bleeding edge between dark and light, and they were born out of that? You know, this could be describing some of that. Hmm. So then, uh, in this card, we have, I am the speaker who witnesses the end of the world, talking about <clears throat> the collapse. And then moving on, uh, or rather, the end of that card is... I try to aid the relief effort, but my thoughts become more and more scattered. I can't keep separate my own mind and the travelers. Then suddenly, silence. And it's that silence that truly breaks me. So the speaker's, this speaker's connection with the traveler is just cut. And in the next entry, it starts off with, I'm the first speaker to see a ghost. And there is no traveler speaking within this. Mm-hmm. So, do you think this is the same speaker? Has it been one speaker up to this point, or has it been four no, I, I speakers? Think there, there were several speakers, but this is the, all the speaker. This whole thing is about our speaker. You you think That's this? So, I, from I, entry I one to here, it's only been one speaker, it, well, and it has been our the entire speaker. book. If you go through the entire book, it almost feels that way mm -hmm. because when the, when the speaker mm -hmm. is talking, like our speaker was a little bit. It's almost like our speaker was just a little bit more special than all the other speakers. Mm -hmm. it, even though he had a broken uh, conduit at this point, he was still 
like this whole constellations book was about our speaker i felt like i don't think so because in the earlier parts of the book it talks about the speaker knowing like having dreams and seeing that and later when it's our speaker who's saying i was the last speaker he's talking about how he never dreamed and he learned from his master yeah. who did dream yeah so that, that was do you think do you think all of these i am the first to do this that and the other they're all different speakers yes that's that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. specifically okay. to say that i am the first speaker to see a ghost is also to say that there are other speakers who would eventually see a ghost so these are the yeah. first to do whatever they did yeah of all the speakers yeah okay i mean i guess i could see it I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these stories involved our speaker, but I'm saying that there's, at the very least, definitely more than just our speaker throughout this book. Okay. I mean, you're you're so welcome to think it's just the one speaker. Well, I know. Through. I mean, it, it would make sense. I mean, I could see it either way because, I mean, the whole book is called Constellations. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what was that about? The stars. Right. So <laughs> there there's a constellation of speakers, maybe. I don't know. When you put them together, they make a giant bear. <laughs> it is interesting, yeah. Like, the, like constellations, kind of. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe I need to look up the definition of the word constellation before I say something stupid. Isn't it just group of stars? No, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but you, yeah. you see, what I was going to say is constellation. Uh, <laughs> Are groups of stars, but they're they're only groups when you observe them from a particular location, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, like if you look at um, uh, I I don't have any good examples, but you know, if you look at like Orion, like the the, the from Earth, it looks like they form a straight line and they're close together. Actually, that you know, there are stars in other constellations that are probably closer to, you know what I mean? Because we we look at it, it's flattened because it's so far away. We we ascribe our own meaning to it, whereas in and then there's like there's like a, a Western world view of constellations, which is mostly globally accepted. But then there's also asterism, which is a totally different set of constellations group grouping. But then there's you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> go on this forever. But I mean, like you know, uh, let me just let me just so like. So while you say that, um, I just want to read something from this. While you search that, I just want to read this. Today at twilight, one of the shy and quiet ghosts who has been lingering at my side asks if I will follow her out into the valley. I should say no, but she sounds hopeful and I am curious. So they follow out to the valley. Uh, The ghost leads me to a barn with a sagging roof. She asks me to wait out of sight, she says. I think you'll scare her. I I don't fully understand what she means. I crouch and watch as she hovers over the years-old remains of a person, barely recognizable as something that was once living. The ghost floats over the body nervously, and then scans it with pale light. In front of my eyes, flesh grows over old bones, and tattered rags stitch themselves together. The person, a woman, gasps and sits up. So that's like the first time we've ever actually, aside from our guardian, and I guess Aldrin, but he was freshly dead, seen mm. a resurrection process yeah yeah 
I think that might also be the first time the speaker sees it. Or no, absolutely. It. Yeah, because I can't believe it. Be the deeper. ghost hovers close to her new companion and says something quiet and reassuring. I can't hear her. I feel amazed and then jealous and then ashamed. So it was the right. first time a guardian was born in front of a speaker or a risen. Right. Or it might be the first guardian. It could also be. Because it was still like as a speaker, like I, well, I mean, you might not back then, mm-hmm. but it's like I would, if you're surprised at that, that sounds like, oh, this is a first. Like I have never seen this. Because if you had seen it yeah. even once, it's like, okay, I've seen this first. Like I've seen this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine, you know, we, we see how ghosts say how like rare it is to find a guardian in some cases that it couldn't have been easy. So for the speaker, the first speaker to see a ghost and then have a ghost say, hey, come with me and do this like it had to be like substantial right well it's almost like the ghost was you know saying hey come witness this yeah no absolutely so what was the importance of that you know hey come witness this resurrection so that you may speak upon it later yeah like you need to tell what we do and that these you need to be able to say that these people are good or right could be because who who else would be there to witness such a thing right because yeah. it's not it's not something i mean that's something that happens out in the wild personally between the ghost and the resurrected and and it's not really ever seen by anything else but i think it just goes to you know it is a very it's a very private moment between ghost and their guardian i like and that I little think... line about the speaker feeling shame yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. But it is, you know, it is, I think that that's that kind of, I, I just love that one of the things that I kind of hated about the the Curse of Osiris comic is that it painted the speaker as like a, almost a dictator, mm-hmm. as like a, as like a really, this really angry, um, fundamentalist almost kind of like, this is the way that things have to be done and, mm. you know, it's it's great to see that the the speaker actually you know felt amazed and and I think it's understandable that the speaker would feel jealous because even though they have this uh, this close relationship with many ghosts the relationship between a a ghost and a guardian is almost certainly a very different yeah. relationship mm-hmm. and that's something that the the speaker doesn't have Right. So, yeah. So then the next card actually starts with another one. I am the first speaker to be taken prisoner. Uh, mm. The greatest surprise is being captured. It's being captured by a dreg. So in this entry, a speaker gets captured by a dreg, and the dreg is basically trying to talk to it. You are the mouth of the great machine. So it's like even the fallen who have now invaded see understand who the speaker is they're like you are something special and that that had me wondering when i was reading this do you think that's what the house of rain was what do you mean maybe like well, they they on, on the old elixney hold world yeah mm-hmm. the the elixney had the traveler and when the Traveler came to Earth, it, it gave speakers. Speakers weren't a byproduct of the Collapse. Speakers existed before the Collapse to speak for the Traveler. So, And actually, actually, during the Collapse, the speakers couldn't yeah, speak for the Traveler. Exactly. 
but yeah i think that's a that's a good question why is there any is there any reason why the traveler like we know god we know guardians and ghosts are unique because of the situation of the of the traveler staying in our solar system for whatever reason mm-hmm. and and being defeated and this this was its last ditch attempt but mm-hmm. yeah i don't see any reason why the previous civilizations that the traveler visited wouldn't have speakers yeah and so yeah. currently it's it's kind of up in the air we have lore that says the House of Rain was destroyed in Whirlwind, their collapse. And we have in-game encounters with the House of Rain. Maybe? Maybe they were just wearing House of Rain banners. Mm. And they were House of whatever, you know? Maybe they didn't have a house. Maybe they became exile. Whatever the case could end up being. Yeah. But it, it seems like the Elixni recognized the mouth of the Great Machine... And they went to him and they said, you tell us the great machine's words. And it's like, they, they understand that there's a person that can speak for the traveler and they want to, they want to know why did the great machine leave us? And, you know, the speaker that was the first speaker that was captured just says, I don't know because they, they can't know the traveler isn't speaking anymore. And it, it's kind of sad. Interesting. Oh, sorry. No, it's just kind of sad. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. This whole this well, whole entry is really sad. Yeah. It's like Guardian. Oh, sorry. So it's like I think going off that idea is is a pretty sad look at what could be happening. Mm-hmm. Like because in most primitive cultures, rain is definitely taken as a sign from the gods. Ooh. So it's like the house of rain being like the speakers or the more like spiritual ones who had a connection to the traveler possibly mm-hmm. would be really interesting, which is why the, like if these were dragged from the house of rain, like them interacting with the speaker and like, yeah. like, yeah, like you are the mouthpiece. Like our house was built on like the speakers or our race for the traveler. Right. And then That's it would cool make it... a way of looking at it. And it's like, and it's totally speculation, but then it makes it really interesting and depressing because like, what if that's why Saint 14 had such a huge crusade against House of Rain? Because they were the ones who had contact to the Traveler before and they're trying to get mm. back at it. So they'd be more like aggressive and more like spiritual. And so it was kind of like, oh no, we have to get rid of these Fallen. Like, because we yeah. see in the past, the Fallen are just treated as evil. And so it's like, for us, it's like, if we lost the Traveler, we would do the same thing and we would do everything we can to get it back. So it's like, what if that's what the House of Rain was and State 14 literally being like one of the more spiritual people was killing the most spiritual fallen yeah, because they were trying to get back to the speaker or to the traveler. So I was launching a crusade against them. I actually really like that you, you brought that up because I'm, I, I was like, wait a second, but does this drag have a notable house? And in the very beginning, in the end, when they dragged me tied and bowed into a camp, ca- uh, into a damp cave miles out of the settlement, it's three dregs. I look around for a Kell or a priest, someone in charge, but we're alone. There are no pikes or ether tanks, no banners, no servitors. I sit on a rock and look at my captors, more perplexed than afraid. So could it be that like it was like, this is the House of Rain, they were the speakers. They can no longer speak to the traveler either because the collapse. And they're like, maybe only you can. And maybe that's what, maybe they tried to like reform their house. Maybe they did die out and it was only a few dregs left. There was only the very low end of the house of rain that made it to earth. It might be why it said they, they were lost in the whirlwind. 
yeah. because their connection was. So their house itself, its whole entire being of its house was lost, mm-hmm. but they still existed as a house. They just lost their Their purpose. Kel, their Archons, their Servitors. They lost like everything except for their lowest ranks. Hmm. They, they lost everything that they were an identity it's, it's equally possible you know as you mentioned um so i i agree with what you were saying there guardian i think that's that's definitely a possibility um i was just thinking back to what you said about were, were the speakers targeted during the attack that led to the collapse but what if during the whirlwind house rain was targeted as well or maybe not house rain whatever the the fallen speak were were they also targeted and, you know, whatever whatever caused the whirlwind also wanted See, I always to thought that the Absolutely. Had, yeah, <laughs> I always thought the whirlwind had, was almost a, a byproduct of that whole, uh, this whole, this whole part of the whole universe that we've been experiencing. So, like, the whirlwind was just another event that happened uh, because of the same things that have been happening all across the universe. Because this this storyline comes up so many different times. Uh, you know, this collapse, this this mm-hmm. uh, this inevitable collapse, and the fallen are the byproduct of their collapse, which we are ex- we have experienced ours. But for some reason, we're held in this stasis point where the whole game is uh, you know allowing us to just kind of not you know be fallen like you know the fallen you know we're not we're not doomed uh, we're able to uh, circumvent that damnation or whatever you want to call it it's because our god didn't abandon us and that changes a lot but but did he did he not abandon us because he was he thought we were superior or is just he was prevented from abandoning us. That's the whole overarching theme to this. She. She, sorry. Yeah, I always keep calling it. I think it's both. It goes by she. Not genders, but I, not not genders, sorry. Um, yeah. But I think it's both. Like, I think there is, like, like, I do agree. I think the nine were kind of holding it back, possibly. But I think it was a mixture of, like, there's yeah. something holding her back, and at the same time, she does still want to leave. Yeah. So I, I, I'm really, like, I'm really, like, stuck on this idea of the house of rain being the speakers and the speaker being captured by the last remnants of them maybe. And you have to think about it. We have the cabal and they are the cabal. We have the hive and they are the hive. We have the taken. They are the taken. We have the scorn. They are the scorn. We have the vex. They are the vex and we have the fallen, but they're the elixir. And we don't call them elixir. We're not like, Oh yeah, the elixir are attacking us. We're like the fallen are, ta- are attacking us. And they don't like that term. That's a term that was given to them. So who gives them that term if not the person who had a conversation with them saying, why did the great machine leave us? So he can spin it and say, they have fallen from the traveler's grace. We have not. It left them, not us. And that's like, it like grew this hatred for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we've seen now, you know, that we can work, uh, uh, in concert with with the fallen, yeah. Or the elixir. I mean, the, the first one we saw was Varix, and we knew about uh, fallen being uh, partnered with uh, humanity before that. And then once we saw Varix in person, it was like, oh crap, <laughs> we could very much well, you know, they could be a part of this whole venture. And then, you know, the spider. 
It's it's crazy to think that if if this were to be the case that that one speaker got a little close to the fallen and instead of saying like the traveler left you and it was gonna leave us or it said that it was gonna leave us, we should work together. That was like one avenue it could have taken, but the avenue it also possibly took, they took was to instead befriend a a race of aliens who understands what we're going through instead to persecute them and make them an enemy. Right. It's like one yeah, act of hatred. As a threat. It's like yeah. basically my flag, you know, type of scenario. Anyway. <laughs> so the next one, I am the first speaker to never dream. So this is this is who we think yeah. is our our speaker. So I think that right there confirms actually that it's never yes. it's not I, I think Yeah. With all of the other ones, it could be the same speaker. Like, I, I, I don't think it would be likely, but it could be the same speaker. So, while, you know, I'm the first one to see the, you know, I'm, I'm the speaker that saw the collapse. I'm the first one to be captured. That could all be the same person. But I think this, this entry shows that they can't all be the same person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically this entry, it's just them building their mask uh, carefully, lovingly, I build a mask and amplifier. I don't know how is that an amplifier though. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, I don't either. But if you if you if you were to kind of say that somehow that tech that was built into the mask can attune his thoughts to the right frequency, I don't know. Yeah, because that's, that's kind of what he says. For weeks I have worked on it in a secret project gathering scrap metal and old broken things left over from the time before. I've cobbled it together, tinkered with a mix of strange and half-understood technology, tried to calibrate it to my needs. So basically, yeah, it's just... He's like, I don't know, but I'm doing well, it, and it worked. Cause, yeah, because it talks about the Traveler speaks in sound waves mm-hmm. or like radio right. waves so he's actually tapping into those waves the so essentially speakers before would just have like it, it does seem like it was a genetic mutation or something that the traveler caused that allowed them to like accept those specific wavelengths that the traveler was putting off so this mask is just a version of that but not at the same like scale as the traveler actually doing that in a human mind the craziest part about this mask is, when I'm finished, I wear the mask. Pieces of it, not sanded down, are rough and sharp against my face. But I dream for the first time in my life. Like, sand it down, right? Like, <laughs> no, it's important. Is, is it important to get cuts on your face? Yeah, those yeah. sharp parts. It's the, it's the experience uh, of pain. You know what's yeah. gonna happen? No, no, it's not that. No, no, no. You made, you made it weird. You no. made it weird, Rhino. He, those were important. <laughs> of the mask he has to suffer. he's he going has to, to suffer. he's going to come out and be like i can speak for the traveler again and then he's gonna die of tetanus and they're gonna go well oh my god <laughs> no tetanus in maybe game. that's what maybe that's why he doesn't take it off you know like if you get like if you get like a stab wound they say right the skin grew onto the metal don't don't Ooh. pull the knife out right go to a hospital leave it in this is the same thing like it's embedded in his face if he pulls it out, then it's going to just leave loads of holes in his face. You know, my high school that's, teacher got shot in the eye with an that. arrow, and he pulled it out, and his eye grew back. What? Right? 
That's not true. No way. Why would he lie? I don't, I don't understand what's happening, but <laughs> I don't believe that somebody's eye grew back. I mean, it happened when he was a kid. Yeah. He only had he only had vision out of one eye. He would always complain about not being able to go to 3D movies. You, you, you could out for me there, Anon. I'm I'm guessing you didn't for everybody else. I'm not I am not joshing anyone. I am not bullshitting. This is legitimately what my teacher told us every every day. Well, um back to your point about why does he not sand it down? I think it's just kind of he, he I just want to I just want to clarify. Screw it up. If you Google, I uh, this is I know this isn't important. I know that 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 Anon just trolls us all the time, and I know that it but regardless, can eyes grow back? No. Well, That's the answer. Okay? Oh my god, please do not try this at home. You know, for four years I had this teacher, and whenever we had a question, he would do this to us. And we'd be like, what does that mean? He's like, I'll tell you when you graduate. And so we had four years of getting this as an answer, and then we we graduate, and we go from the auditorium back to the, the classroom, and he, he lights a cigar, shouldn't have lit a cigar, but he lights a cigar at his desk, and he, he starts smoking it, and he, he tells a story about when he was young, and he got his first job, his boss would give him that answer as well and for years he would say what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean when his boss finally retired he said before you leave what does this mean his boss looks him in the face and goes shit knows (laughs) (laughs) that was a better story than your your (laughs) eye story both were stories that he told us so what were you saying? <laughs> I think it was Rhino. I can't oh, remember. Oh yeah, yeah. Was. I was just saying it's like it's like it's. Remember when? Um, never mind. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> you know what it's like? <laughs> it's like it's like the reason uh, Freddie Mercury never fixed his teeth because he thought if he fixed his teeth, he would he wouldn't sound the same. Hmm. That's upsetting. Oh yeah, no, I get it. So he did it. He put it on, and he's like, about it. Like he yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody, nobody touch it. Nobody change anything. Yeah. It's like when you get. It's like when you've got a tele. Oh, did my camera? Yeah, just... it's a stupid antenna. Uh, Old mm. people know this. You had they had uh, these rabbit ears, and you would sometimes put foil oh, on no. them. God damn it! That's all. That's all me. One second. Let me get it back. Let me get it back. Uh-oh. There it is. <laughs> Sorry about that, <laughs> viewers. No one wants a giant me on the screen. Uh-oh. Looks like it's going to be for a minute. Oh, okay. Okay, well, it's back, it's back. Um, <laughs> Should we just continue? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have another one here. Um, you are the last remaining star. In your dreams, you see yourself suspended in bright but flickering light. Staring out over a world half destroyed, you see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world. Stumbling through it like infants, wandering in labyrinthine ruins they don't understand. For a moment, you feel in your body everything that f- that they feel. The elation of success, the pain of failure, the candle snuff out snuff of death. The grasping of rebirth, you feel it all at once. So I wanted to read that one, because is that a speaker, or is that the Traveler? Because it doesn't have the lines, but I think it's the Traveler. Hmm. 
Because they're... Which entry are you on? Building. So, in your dreams... Now, that's that's the thing. In your dreams, you see yourself suspended in bright but flickering light with a capital L. So, I guess it's to say the speaker in is dreaming of what the traveler is seeing, right? Staring out over a world half-destroyed. Staring out over Earth after the collapse. You see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world. Ghosts. Stumbling through it like infants, wandering the labyrinthine ruins, they don't understand the destroyed cities because they're ghosts. They don't understand anything yet. Yeah, so it's not the Traveler speaking, but it is the the narr- narrator speaking for the Traveler. the point of view of the Traveler. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that. Describing, like the building of the city, all the people that were around at that time. Well, the building was... of the city didn't happen yet. Well, like this is... This card is, yeah. This card is the, be- yeah. the beginning of the city. Yeah. Which, uh... It was like the vision. Who, who, said, who said it was with the Iron Lords? Because this card actually confirms that the speaker, our yeah, speaker, was Iron... Or, Warlord. at the very least, the first speaker of the last city was along with the Iron Lords. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Because they had the protection at that time. Yeah. And Ephrodite yeah, was one of the... Yeah, with Lady Ephrodite. Uh, yeah. Do you think that's a sign that Ephrodite's coming back? Like, maybe that's why they gave us this book. Because in one of the new seasons, Ephrodite's going to be like, sup. And I'm they, pretty they... sure she was there in Rise of Iron. And then she was hinted at being at a like a peaceful settlement. Mm-hmm. And then she has showed up several times like in the lore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure she's a character that will be returning. But I mean, soon. Not not ever, but like soon, like within the next six months. Well, I mean, she could be a hunter vanguard if she wanted. That's true. I because think it would be reasonable to expect her in the next like season or two. After like, the red, especially with like Saint fourteen coming back. Mm-hmm. After the red war, there is a an entry. I'd have to go digging for it, but so I'd just take my word for it. There is an entry where Efrid uh, talks about getting the light back and she's like i'm yeah. coming home but home yeah. wasn't the city of course home wasn't fell winter peak home was whatever that settlement was of peace and uh just just for anyone wondering uh baxter's laptop died so i'm not sure if he'll be back oh okay so he just uh switched the camera off and on i hate this new camera all right well i mean hopefully he'll be back before oh wow we're already kind of at the end of our time what's left that's a lot left. Mm. <laughs> there's so much to unpack. Yeah, this this is a a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff was talked about here. Um, yeah. So I mean, we could kind of sum it up. Well, I mean, I, I think it to. might be uh, it might be easier just to do a two-parter. Can, yeah, we can just do a two-parter. I think that'd be yeah. the easiest, especially with with Baxter, uh, Baxter's laptop dying. This makes more sense to me to be like, all right, let's just call it here because we're at our time and we'll just pick it back up on next week because this is a great book this this is really a great book yeah and i'm actually hoping on tuesday we'll get pigeon and phoenix yeah which we should hopefully the data mind uh, acquisition method is through the corridors of time and we have another quest coming on tuesday so Maybe that'll be the quarters of time. Part three? 
four? What are we on? Three? I don't know. Well, I hope to see Effort Eat come back. I hope to see a new speaker be chosen. That'd be awesome. Yeah, so and, this is, uh, I those, mean, those we, are the main this topics would be good. that we left in. Oh, there's Baxter to say goodbye. Bye. That's Yeah, so we will be continuing this on our next episode, which will be, let me pull this up, on January 19th, the same time, same place, 9.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here at Loose Cannon Show, twitch.tv forward slash Loose Cannon Show. If you want to find out more about us or anything that's going on, you can just follow us on Twitter at Loose Cannon Show, spelt just like it is here. We're very clever with the word cannon, so don't get that. Don't don't get tripped up there. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.